Why do you need to time the market unless you're speculating? If you're buying long-term in real estate, it doesn't always work out, but it almost always works out. It's because there's four returns. If one goes down, it doesn't upset the entire apple cart unless you completely screwed it up to begin with. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips and Heather Marchant here. Always a good day. Another awesome show. I showed up today. We kind of want to do like Kelsey Brothers show, but we can't because we are not brothers, nor do we play football. And I'm not a man. But their podcast is funny. And so I haven't even listened to it. You've listened to it? Yeah, it's really good. Well, I'm a Chiefs fan, so that makes sense, right? Oh, of course that makes sense. We are going to talk about the market today. Usually a fan favorite. We like talking about the market. And the cool thing about what we're going to talk about today, Heather, is that it doesn't make any difference when you listen to this. Mm -hmm. This will apply. Yeah, that is true. Because this is something that has always happened throughout history. We've talked about it, what, 15 years ago, Ron, of like the news headlines are off. Yeah, I used to have a slide. I don't even know when. I don't know if it was before. It would have been like 2007, 8, 9, somewhere in there. It was a pretty cool slide. And basically what it showed was that every single thing that the news said was wrong. Like over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, it was so wrong. It was the opposite. And what I did was I overlaid the headline and the date with where it actually occurred in the real estate cycle. Because if you think of the real estate cycle as a big bell curve at the trough of that bell curve, the bottom of the market, you have way too much supply. There's oversupply and then the prices go down, right? It's supply demand. Yeah. At the top, there's not enough supply. Prices keep climbing, keep climbing, climbing. Builders then, they build to fill they build too much and then the cycle repeats itself. And if you were a speculative investor, and I just apologize today for my voice, everybody, I'm fighting something. I don't know what it is. I do live in Charleston. It's probably something falling off of trees is my guess. Probably all the time. Yeah. The thing with the headlines and them being off is they were the polar opposite, right? So if you're buying on speculation, you'd want to buy at the bottom And you would want to sell at the top and then repeat the cycle. And the news was telling everybody to buy at the top. And when we got to the bottom, they were saying (laughs) the end is nowhere in sight. You know, the real estate market, I mean, it's just everything wrong. The whole thing, it was wrong. Always wrong. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I think a couple of years ago, maybe, Heather, we kind of did a show a little bit, like maybe we did a little brief part of the show on this. Yeah where we were making fun of people for saying that the housing market was going to crash? I mean, I had a lot of people talking timeline, Ron. Like, three months. I give it six months. People aren't going to be able to make their payments because tenants aren't paying rent due to the eviction moratorium. And so we're going to just see massive deals. Just this last week, I got an email about that like from a client saying, Hey, do you think I should keep my cash because there's going to be crazy deals coming up in the next few months? I'm like, well... People have been waiting on crazy deals. So look, this madness started, I think, around like 14 or 15, which makes sense because the bottom of the market was in 12, Mm -hmm. right? So we had a good run of what? I don't know, six, seven years. Cycles, according to everybody, are usually about 10. So... By 2022, everything should have fallen apart. Like 
everything should have fallen apart. But the thing that people aren't figuring in is that the cycle actually goes from top to top, right? So not from bottom to top. It's not a 10-year run. It's a 10-year cycle. Okay. So, well, the top of the market was in 2008, Mm -hmm. 2007, 2008. So should have been around 2018 and, and everybody was showing up around 14 or 15. So pretty early in the cycle. And they started to say real estate market was going to fall apart. But man, they got really loud. Yeah. Yeah. I sent a post to uh, Heather, one of my friends posted of this reporter on CNBC mm-hmm. who has been wrong for how many years, Heather? What? How many years is it? One, two, three, four, like eight, <laughs> eight years. I think you're right. You said this like a couple of weeks ago, but eventually she's going to be right. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to say, I've been saying this for 10 years. Yeah. You know, I have been way ahead. <laughs> I was ahead of the curve. Yes. I knew before everybody else. I'm like, yeah, but you're predicting a housing crisis. It's kind of important to be on time. <laughs> for someone whose job it is to be a financial genius and predict things like this, I find it remarkable that these people get to keep their jobs because they're just so wrong. Yeah. Especially that they're looking for the headlines that get action, that get traction, that get people to listen. And so those are the negative headlines. Those are the ones that get people excited to listen and see what's going on. So the first headline on this, which was in 2015, so a while ago, folks, housing today, a bubble larger than 2006. That is mind-blowing. Medium home prices at the time, mind you. 400,000. Today, 700,000. So if you listen to this moron in 2015, you would have lost $300,000 on your house. Yeah. And I remember this. I remember people talking about this because prices were going up so quickly. What did you point out, Heather? What was it about renting? 2018. 2018, she says, it's better to rent than to buy in today's housing market. That was in 2018. Yeah, what would that have been? 15, 16, 17. Medium home prices were 467 and they're now 708. <laughs> oh, and um, let's not forget that the interest rates were insane. And today, of course, they're really high. Yeah. I think my favorite is 2017 headline Home Ownership Doesn't Build Wealth Study Finds. <laughs> what study? Who did the study? I know. What study? I mean, we've met with people for years, Ron, and what always happens is that when we look at their financials, most of their wealth is in real estate. It's in their primary residence or any rental property that they own. Everything else is like ancillary. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. Homeownership doesn't build wealth. Such a farce. It's remarkable. The other thing is, is, I find it super interesting how many people feel the need to time the market. Yeah. Why do you need to time the market unless you're speculating? I get if you're a home builder, you really need to pay attention to this stuff. But if you're buying long term, I feel like a stockbroker right now. Isn't that what the stockbrokers say? Well, if you're buying long term. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't matter. You just stick in there with it and ultimately it'll work its way out. Your stockbroker voice is fantastic. It was does pretty good stockbroker? <laughs> yeah, it really was. <laughs> it really helps when you kind of have a gargly sound. <laughs> No offense to any stockbrokers out there, but that's what you sound like. So (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. In the stock market, it doesn't always work out. In real estate, it doesn't always work out, but it almost always works out. Yeah. And the reason, again, for the one millionth time, 
is because there's four returns. If one goes down, it doesn't upset the entire apple cart unless you completely screwed it up to begin with. Exactly. I think it's helpful to just take a step back and see when you're reading the news and reading these headlines to recognize that this is a pattern for how many decades, right? That this naysaying on real estate is a (laughs) popular thing to do. It's politicians and media. Yeah. They're pretty much worthless. Yeah. They're pretty much worthless. And if it's nearly impossible to time the market, it's so interesting that people want to try. There's so many levers to this. Like there's the whole crowd that's just, hey, it's supply and demand. That's all it is. Well, no, that's not all it is either. Mm -hmm. It isn't. It's a huge piece of it, but it's not all it is. Well, case in point this year, like if it was just supply and demand, the market wouldn't have slowed because they raised interest rates. So yeah, as soon as the interest rates went up, everybody said that the market was going to crash. Prices were going to tumble and they didn't. Nope. And why? Well, it kind of is supply and demand, but you can definitely slow down a market. And in some cases, you can kind of kill a market depending on the area. One of the things in this post that I found really, really interesting, well, one of the ironic things I think about this post is that these slides come from a mastermind group. All of the mastermind groups during COVID lost their minds. Mm. Every one of them lost their minds. I didn't show up to one of them where they said, real estate's going to be okay. Not one. Everybody thought that the world was melting down. There were like two or three voices Mm. who were like, based on what? (laughs) Based on what is everything going to melt down? I mean... If anything, COVID made things worse for prices. I mean, worse for the people who are trying to buy, right? Because the prices continue to go up, continue to go up, continue to go up. Well, funny thing about history, Heather, you can just go back and look and you can just see what happens. Mm -hmm. So one of the cool things about these slides, and I think we've talked about this before, but let's just state this again. Home prices haven't really dropped significantly over time, hardly at all. Yeah. That was mind-blowing to me, seeing the graph that you shared with me of the years since 1942 that real estate has had a percent change in the negatives has been a total of six years, and five of them were our last cycle, 2007 to 2011. It makes total sense why everybody who lived through those years feels like that's just how it is every single time. Mm -hmm. But you got to do a little bit more than just what you felt during that time. Legitimately, the real estate market really suffered from 2007 to 2012. 100% it did. Yeah. But that was like the worst downturn since the Great Depression. And that's a long time, folks. Yeah. That's a long time. The majority of those decades were up... Now, not up a ton. 1943 to 1947, there was massive uptick, 118% increase. And then after that, almost every year, super modest, super modest. Yep. Like when I say modest, I mean like one to 3% most of the years. But when I say most of the years, I mean like from 1948 until 1974, almost every year was pretty modest, barring a couple. Yeah. And the source of this is the case Schiller just in case anyone's wondering where we're getting the data from. Yeah, didn't make it up. But seeing that run in the 40s was really interesting because that 118% compounded from 1943 to 1947 is really fascinating because you would expect from all these headlines that right after those five years, it would have just been decimated, right? It would have 
really, really fallen off the wagon, <laughs> according to these headlines. And it went in 1948 to 2%, 1949 flatline at 0%, 1950, 4%. Here's the other thing. There was way more gains, like way substantially more gains than there were from the early 2000s, which most of us remember. Yeah. The other thing is, is that prices have increased since 2012, but the only real dramatic years were 2020 and 2021. And what happened in 2020 and 2021? Yeah, COVID. COVID. When everybody, everybody, barring a very few, like a handful of people, were saying that all hell was going to break loose and prices were going to do exactly what they did, maybe worse. I mean, it was Armageddon. Yeah. On every single call that I was on, I must have been on 10 different calls with real estate people trying to figure out what to do and what was coming during COVID, like just after COVID. I remember you telling me about it. Not one of them. And I remember like, you know me, I'd like to play devil's advocate anyway. I like a little debate. And it's like, based on what? Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's out of work. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, but that can't go on forever. And the government's giving everybody money. So, I mean, <laughs> if the government didn't give everybody money, then yeah, okay, maybe maybe we'd have a problem, but that doesn't fix the supply-demand shortage. So at some point here, everything's going to come roaring back, and, and it did in a big way. Mm -hmm. And now here we are. We've had a little over half a year of crazy interest rates. Yeah. And the market slowed almost to a stop, which is not even true. In a lot of markets, it just became normal. Yeah, it just took longer to sell property. Yeah. That's really what happened. <laughs> Maybe you had to come off of your insane price that you put on your house that wasn't realistic to begin with mm -hmm. and put it at a normal, realistic selling price. That doesn't mean appreciation stopped. Yes, exactly. And maybe it didn't sell in a New York minute. It didn't even sell in a Charleston minute, which is significantly different, by the way, than a New York minute, in case you didn't know. Well, it was so insane because I was looking for a house during that time. So I was putting offers in on houses. And when a house came on the market, if you didn't go see it in the next like 24 hours, maybe 48, then you were out of luck. I mean, it, that was... Or just put an offer on it and then go see it. Yeah, exactly. That's not normal. And so we've just normalized from everything I've seen. I think the most important takeaway from all of this is you can't wait around for the home run deals for the market to fall apart because no one knows when that is going to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anybody says. If they tell you they know when the market is going to crash, they're lying to you. They may guess another year after they've been guessing since 2015. And they might get it right one of these years. But if you add up all of the money you would have lost listening to them since 2015, it is enough for most people to retire. And compounded is enough for you to retire. I don't care who you are. It's a lot of money. I've been talking to investors and showing them their returns on their properties for several years, but a lot more lately and doing those calls. And partly because we have this awesome software that tells all those details. So cool. Yeah, it's really cool. But going through and showing them what real estate has done for them has been so awesome because despite what this lady says, it doesn't build wealth. <laughs> it, I've watched these numbers over time, like you said. I don't even know. How do you become a prominent reporter, journalist on a what is supposed to be a financial television channel and remain that stupid? Yeah. How do you do that and keep your job? 
How? Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, maybe if she was like super hot or if a guy is like very attractive, right? And they want to put him out there because everybody will watch just to look at him. She's not. Okay. So she's not smart. I don't understand. <laughs> maybe she's just a super nice coworker and everybody likes having her around. I don't know. Well, they're just the ones conveying the news, right? I can't imagine they're the ones actually doing this research. I think they just read other people's notes. Well, at some point, though, don't you have to say, if you're the reporter, Heather, don't you have to say, I'm not going to report this garbage. My house went up $800,000. Yeah. It built a whole bunch of wealth for me. Where are you getting this nonsense? At some point, don't you have to just stop and say, I'm not Anchorman and I won't read just exactly what you put on the teleprompter for me? Yeah, that's a good point because that makes no logical sense at all. But when I do these calls, it's really exciting when I see the investor's face because they're just like, oh, this is a passive investment. I don't really look at it. That's what the things they say to me like, oh, I just, you know, I'm doing my thing over here with my day job and I didn't really know what was happening with my real estate investment and showing them what it's done over the last several years. Man, it's exciting and staying on the sidelines because the news is saying that we're coming in for a crash landing. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Hey, I'll take this crash landing all day, every day, and I'll take it for a long, long time. Yeah. I mean, crap, Heather, we had somebody who actually crash landed on the show. You guys need to go back and listen. We will link in the show notes, the show where we had John Galane on who bought literally, you couldn't have bought at more of the peak of the market than he did. And still average annual, I think it was north of 30% average annual. Mm -hmm. Just don't break the rules. Just, man, it's not that hard, people. Yep. Base hits. Get some base hits instead of waiting around for the home run. You know what's hard, Heather? Coming up with creative ways every single week to tell you guys the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been listening to the show for a while and you have not done something, at some point here, you need to look in the mirror and go, what the heck am I waiting for? Just what exactly is it I'm waiting for? Yes, that's right. I think one of my favorite last takeaways is that you're betting against the champ is what was in this post that you share with me, Ron, is, yeah, I mean, looking over 100 years right? I mean, this graph is essentially recovery from the Great Depression until now. And seeing that it is the champ, it's so good. Businesses and real estate, that's what creates the wealth. Mm -hmm. Now, there's other things that you need to store wealth, liquidity and things like that. that. We're not saying put all of your eggs in one basket. What we are saying is that this particular basket is pretty damn good. That's right. So you might want to put some eggs over there. That's what we're saying. And on that happy note, until next week, please, for the love of all that is holy, get out there and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.